Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 101 of the Banton Roundtable podcast. I'm here with Justin Rosario. Justin, how are you today, sir? I'm doing just great. I'd just like to mention that I am... I have a new mic and new headphones set up um, as per the recommendation of Justin. It's taken us about 45 minutes to sort this out uh, before the show. So just wanna, I just want to let you all know what we do for you here at the Banter. Uh, the, 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 the levels of dedication the, is extreme. Um, so anyway, hopefully the audio, we've resolved some of our audio issues because some of the um, some of our listeners have mentioned that my audio in particular doesn't always come out very well, which has been absolutely baffling given the amount of money I've spent on audio equipment um, over the years. So this turns out to be actually a relatively cheap solution. So I'm hoping that um, it's a good one. My God, um, I swear I swear to God, if it turns out that like your audio is not recording at all, I, I will never let you hear the end of it. Oh, listen, I that's it. That's the end of the podcast. If I, I'm going to end the Banter Roundtable podcast, if I if this hasn't fixed it, because I can't, <laughs> I cannot take it anymore. I really can't. Uh, so look, anyway, we've got a great show for you today. We have uh, Donald Trump at the top of the at the top of the menu. Donald Trump, he's demanding absolute immunity from any and all crimes. Uh, what does this mean if he becomes president? It's all fun and games right now, but in November of this year, Donald Trump could be president again. This could be scary. Chris Christie is out of the GOP race. He leaves only Nikki Haley as a serious candidate. Uh, is she a real threat to Donald Trump? An amazing leaked audio from Christie suggests maybe not. We're going to be listening to that. Uh, we talk about the surprising government shutdown avoidance. MAGA Mike is making deals with the enemy. Republicans want to reintroduce child labor. And then we have our grifter of the week and our ray of sunshine coming out of New Hampshire. And then in the emergency meeting, we're going to, we struggled over this, right? The headline for the emergency meeting podcast is the fallout from the racist, anti racist shit show, uh, where we're going to be discussing, <laughs> right? We're going to be discussing my piece on uh, anti racist activist uh, Syra Rao, who's also an anti Semite. Um, I published a piece uh, this past week and it's gone down predictably, uh, predictably badly with a lot of people and you know, well with a lot of other people. It's controversial. We're going to be discussing that. I have some thoughts. I've had to kick some people off of the site. I'll be talking about why I've done that. Um, so anyway, please, if you'd like to join us in the emergency meeting, you can do that. You can get a Banter membership. You get 50% off. You get access to all of the emergency meeting podcasts. Uh, you get access to all of our premium articles and exclusive member chat threads. And you'll be supporting what we do, which is really important because, again, subscriptions are our only source of income. It allows us to do what we do here at the Banter. So thank you all. Thank you all to our paid subscribers. You make what we do possible. Uh, so anyway, on with the free show, Justin. Yes. Trump. He wants absolute immunity from any and all crimes. 
it's it's really quite impressive <laughs> that he thinks this is like an actual argument he should make uh, and they're just really going for that mm. so this is his legal team this is from the hill right his legal team suggested tuesday that even a president directing seal team six to kill a political opponent would be an action barred from prosecution given a former executive executive's broad immunity to criminal prosecution the hypothetical was presented to trump attorney john sauer who answered with a qualified yes that a former president would be immune from prosecution on that matter or even on selling pardons? Uh, no. No, I <laughs> no. don't think that's how it works. But this is this appears to be this is what they're now their defense, right? So basically, I what they say they, what this is really it's it's an implicit um acknowledgement that he's committed crimes right <laughs> seriously right but he can't be prosecuted because he was president so they're saying yeah he did it but leave us alone because he was president uh, and, right? and the, the logic of that the the logic of it right now is, and the republicans of course are going to agree with this while yeah. they're trying to impeach biden right they they there's like oh he's a criminal it's like okay but you guys have just said you guys just said that um presidents can't be charged with crimes because they're immune to criminal prosecution because they're above the law. So which is it exactly? Right. You got to make up your mind here. Uh, you know, and Trump goes out there and he says, well, you know, after after I'm president again, I'm going to have Joe Biden arrested. It's like, but you just said you can't do that because presidents are immune to criminal prosecution. So which is it exactly? Yeah. which one is it mr trump but like if for some bizarre reason this argument gains traction right and the judge agrees to it and then the case is dismissed um what's this then mean for trump moving forward right this means it let's say he wins in uh he he wins in in november okay we, th this pays the way for he would literally start having people killed yeah yeah, they, he would he would immediately start having people killed, right? And and I feel like this is kind of what we are, we are warning about, right? What we've been banging on about for a long time that this guy is a dictator. He he is a wannabe dictator. He's just not very bright. Um, so he, you know, he's he's stupid. That's the only problem is that Trump is stupid, but. Well, he's he's gifted in, in in some ways, right? He's immensely talented in some ways and immensely stupid in others. You know, right. He makes he always makes things worse for himself. He is a bit of an fun. idiot savant. Yeah, he's an idiot savant, right? Um, but a very dangerous idiot savant. But if he is allowed to do this, that like that is effectively the end of the rule of law in America. Yeah, right? anyone I, who challenges him, he'll just have them disappeared. Or he yeah. won't even have to do that. He'll just do it out in the open because why not? Right? Why not? Why what what's to stop him? His base will love him for it. And the idea would be to terrorize his opponents into being quiet. Right. But what are the chances of this 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 I mean, it seems patently ridiculous to me, but I don't, you know, obviously. Uh, even the Supreme Court's not gonna sign off on this because it's too goddamn dangerous. Even for them. And there's no way for them to spin it where they can say, well, Trump can do this, but Biden can't. 
right? Yeah. Because if they if they go out and say, well, yes, presidents are actually immune from all criminal prosecution for any crime they commit. Well, then they're just telling Joe Biden, the current president, that there's literally nothing he cannot do in order to stay in power. Like they're right. giving him carte blanche to do anything he wants. Like Joe Biden could come and have them arrested if he wants. That's what they're saying. And they won't yeah. do that. And right, and then it also that means immunity for his son. Um, that means that he could, yeah, he could basically deny the election and stay in power indefinitely because he can't be prosecuted because he's infallible. Right. This would be taking power away from the judiciary, which is the last thing the Supreme Court wants, right? Because they're in the middle of trying to gather as much power to themselves as possible and mm. giving it all back to the executive, which is when a Republican's in office. They're okay with, even though if it was Trump, they wouldn't be that okay with it. But they definitely don't want to do that while it's a Democrat. They will not do that while it's a Democrat. So of course, they, but, I mean, obviously, Democrats are not going to do. That's the thing, right? That's the difference. That, that, that's the moral difference between the two parties. That Democrats, Joe Biden, would not take advantage of that, right? It's a There's risk no... they're not going to be willing to run, though. Y yes, right, 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 right. Or, I mean, I don't know. The thing is, you never know. That, I guess that's always my sort of uh, my worry is that Republicans know that Democrats will bring a knife to a gunfight. So they just bring guns and they like they'd make it a gunfight every time. That That is my only concern, I would say. I know, but uh, faced with the potential of Donald Trump getting back into office and if Joe Biden knows from the Supreme Court, it's like, oh, I'm immune to all prosecution. Yeah, yeah. I, I might be willing to set fire to the Constitution to keep Trump from getting into office. Yes, yes. There's there's uh, that possibility. It's like, ah, you know what? Yeah. Sometimes you got to break the rules to save the country. And yes. what are they going to do? The Supreme Court already said, I'm immune. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, it's so it I mean, it basically under this rule, right, Biden could have Trump killed. Yeah, of course, you know, they don't think that way as far as they're concerned. Like the whole thing with them is like, no, these rules only apply to us, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, every time they do stuff like this, it's like, it doesn't apply to them. It only applies to us. Only we get to do this stuff. Right, right, you right. But, under the, but, but from a technical point of view, if Trump's legal argument stands, then Joe Biden could have Trump killed and then it would be fine under Trump's, under this legal theory. Yep. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay, mm. so this is again reason number six thousand why I'm absolutely terrified by about this year and what's about to happen. I mean, um, the whole and... thing's gibberish. It's really just a delay tactic. Mm. You know, they're trying to just delay the trial as long as possible in hopes that Trump gets back into office so he can pardon himself. But the, the, it's it's still really really damaging. Because his cult's now going to insist that the president is a lawless god because Trump mm. said so. Right. You know, and that's damaging just on its just on that on that level alone, it's damaging. But Trump yeah. doesn't care. Like, he doesn't care right. shit. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the one of the reasons why Trump is such a toxic figure. Why one of the reasons that why the left has always been and what and some people on the right have have been so frightened by this is that it's the corrode is how he's corroding civil discourse and how we talk about 
law, how we talk about, you know, having kind of um, political norms, um, that they're just dis- disintegrating with this guy. He's pushing things to such a level. Like, why are we even talking about this? Why are we even talking about a president being in- completely immune from all laws? Right. Right. It should, it, should be- been, it should have been immediately laughed out of court. The you know his career should be over and that should be the end of his campaign, but it's not. But it's not because it's Trump and the rules are different. Yeah, I I think this is this is this is worrying. I mean, I'm certain it's not going to go anywhere. I'm hopeful it's not going to go anywhere. But I guess I mean that's part of their tactic as well, right? Is to push things as far as you can go. Right, you push and push and push and push and push. You make the most extreme argument possible, and then and hope that at least something sticks. Well, the thing we have to hope is that after Trump finally, finally goes away, that no one else gets away with this shit. Like when someone else tries this, that they are just stomped or just laughed out of the out of the courtroom or, you know, the press decides, yeah, this guy's not going to make us the money that Trump did. So we're not going to play along. Yeah. I mean, and there is like when you look at the the overall picture, right? The guy is facing four federal indictments, very serious federal indictments, um, criminal cases that are going to be tried. Three of them are going to be tried this year that we know of. The you know, the feds do not prosecute these cases unless they're ninety nine percent certain they're going to win, right? And if you've got four of them, that means the likelihood of him getting one surviving all of them is is almost zero. Right, he's going to get done for at least one of them. Sure. Right. Um, I don't know what that m- means. Whether that will be enough to stop him from running, but it's going to be incredibly damaging. Right, we're going to have to see all this stuff play out politically as well. I mean, uh, a third a third of Republican voters said they won't vote for him if he's a convicted felon, and even if they were lying, uh, even if it's just a quarter of them, even if it's an eighth of them. That's enough to guarantee yeah. he loses. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm I'm always like I just go back and forth between being very optimistic uh, and then also kind of, given the stakes are so high, being petrified, right? But if you look at again, if you look at the big picture, um, what Trump has to do to win this election, he ha- he has to do something quite extraordinary to win this election. He really does. Yeah, like, and it, the FBI is not going to be there to help him this time. Yeah, they don't have twenty-five years of Hillary anti-Hillary smears this time. The Russians don't have the advantage. Like you know, no one's, everyone's paying attention this time for Russian interference. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. He, the, the cards are really stacked against him in in a in a very serious way, uh, and he's broken apart. You know, the Republican Party. The Republican Party is basically now it's the the party of MAGA. Um, but the problem is, is it's too extreme for a lot of Republicans, which leaves a lot of people in the middle for Democrats to suck up. Um, which I believe that Biden is one of the only candidates that can actually do that. Uh, and this is why, again, I'm not that worried about Joe Biden. Yes, he is old, but he is also, you know, regarded pretty much as a moderate blue dog Democrat um, or, or, you know, blue collar Democrat rather. Um, and that he means gave a real that... banger of a speech last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. He Biden is still on form, you know. Uh, like I know that the media likes to say he has Alzheimer's, but it's it's objectively not true. Yeah. So Trump couldn't have given a speech that long, that coherent. No, 
no, you of know, course. My God, the man's talking about putting magnets in water. So <laughs> it's like, come on, man, really? Right, 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 right. <laughs> Please. Right. Well, look, let's uh, let's move on. We've got uh, Chris Christie dropping out of the race. This is this is not. I mean, obviously, it has absolutely will have no bearing on the race whatsoever. Um, <laughs> he was never going to win, but I do think it's kind of a shame because Chris Christie was a, a very, very, very loud voice, loud anti-Trump voice within the Republican Party, and I think that not with him not being on the debate stage is. You know, that's, that's uh, I don't know. I feel like Republicans at least need to hear what Chris Christie's saying. Um, well, so that... I mean, they won't necessarily not keep hearing them. I mean, are they really going to still have more debates? Trump's not going to any of them. So, yeah, this is, this is true. This is true. Um, so, this is what, uh, what Chris Christie had to say. He said, um, um, he said, I'm the only one saying Donald Trump is a liar. He pits Americans against each other. His Christmas message to anyone who disagrees with him is rot in hell. He calls the riot on Capitol Hill. He'll burn America to the ground to help himself. Every Republican leader says that in private. I'm the only one saying it in public. What kind of president do we want? A liar or someone who has the guts to tell the truth? Yeah, so he's he is telling the truth. But look, I, I think one of the interesting things to come out recently was the hot mic that Chris Christie was caught on uh, talking about Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. I'm going to play the clip for you all. So um, this is an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, look, she spent $68 million so far, just on TV. Spent $68 million so far, $59 million by DeSantis, and we spent twelve. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. She hasn't even been and she's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And he's, gonna, he's still going to carry out, right? Yes. Oh, he's, I, t- you know, I talked to De- DeSantis called me petrified that I would. He's probably getting out of Iowa. Okay. So very short clip. Uh, we didn't. We don't know what Christie was going on to say about DeSantis, right? He says Nikki Haley is going to get smoked. Um, he says that uh, Ron DeSantis called him petrified of something. So before the show, we were trying to figure out what that might be. And we have why... theories. <laughs> okay, so Justin, your theory is about um, in, him endorsing Nikki Haley, right? Yep, that is definitely my theory. Why? Why? Why so? All right, so if you look at um, New Hampshire, I mean, Iowa is a bit of uh, Iowa is a mess, right? Trump is mm. running very, very far away with um, in, in Iowa, but in New Hampshire, on the other hand, um, you've got hold on, Trump is leading at the moment with forty-two percent. Haley's okay. at twenty-nine point nine percent. Christie's at eleven point six percent. Christie's eleven point six percent going to DeSantis, who's at five point six percent, would bump him up to sixteen seventeen. Now that's mm. still trailing a lot by Haley, but it's something, right? It still kind of keeps him in the race. Mm. But if Christie throws it to Haley and that eleven percent goes to Haley, that puts her right up Trump's nose. Mm. And now, while Trump is definitely going to easily win Iowa, there's a real chance that Haley could eke out a really tiny, slim victory in and New that, Hampshire. Yes, 
Yes, and that does put her in the race. Right. And Trump would freak out, and that would give her all kinds of momentum that everyone would be like, ooh, right? So, mm. and that would be that would be kind of a wrap for DeSantis at that point. Mm. So it's like time to pack it up and go home. Right. Right. I mean, so I think that theory is probably probably correct uh i do think that does put a bit of a spanner in um chris christie's endorsement of nikki haley i'm guessing that he probably would that's probably what he would do right um he he, can't now but he or or, or can he right he's a politician he's quite good at these kind of things right politicians are very good at reversing themselves when they need to uh how do you get yourself out of that one what do you say um oh geez when i when i said smoked what i meant was i I, I don't (laughs) even know i i don't know i do think there is a chance he'd have a behind the scenes meeting with her and um then say look i've had a come to jesus moment i do think nikki haley's actually the best person that's what i guess is going to happen you know they're going to try and stage some something um whereby you know they try to limit the damage of that leaked audio but it is an interest interesting audio right that um chris christie thinks that nikki haley can't do this i mean not for nothing. I I, I I don't disagree with him because the whole Confederate, uh, sorry, the Civil War thing was like really embarrassing and it kind of showed that she's not ready for prime time still. Mm. Um, like she just blew that one. I mean, really even Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis was, was raking her over the coals over that one. Yeah, it was just like, come on. When Ron DeSantis comes out and says, of course it was about um, slavery. Duh. Right. It's like, oof. Ouch. Ooh, man. Right, right, Ron right. DeSantis is running to your left. You're really screwing that up. Right. right. So it's like, you know, ah, but uh, it's still, she's their best shot. Right? right. The the billionaires that have been funding her campaign, she's their best shot to get Trump out of there. And yeah. right now, I, I mean, I, I wrote a piece about, I, I'm sorry, I keep talking about my freaking newsletter. But she's no, no, no. Go ahead, plug, plug your news there, by the way. No, I, the, the the opinionated ogre. But uh, I, she's she's the only shot they have in 2028. They don't have a backbench, mm. right? There, there is nobody else right now. Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy, they're not they're not doing anything, right? I mean, they right. they burned out so badly this year. They're not going to recuperate and do better in four years. She's all they've got unless uh, there's no one else right like the, the GOP is not producing any qualified candidates mm. because they don't have anybody right their 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 governors generally are either too extreme or they're too moderate mm. for for the for the GOP base like they're too extreme for the general Right, like Greg Abbott and um, DeSantis, they'll never make it in a general, or they're too moderate for the GOP base to even entertain. Right? It's like, oh, you didn't vote to hurt women enough. Forget you. All right. So, and they're not producing, and no one from the Trump administration is going to, like, usually, like, administrations produce a bunch of people. Right. That's why you've got like Pete Buttigieg is running around the Biden administration, getting experience and ex- you know, exposure. You don't have any of that from Trump's administration because they either got fired, quit or there, you know, there were some criminal charges involved. There's nobody there. So mm. they don't 
have anyone. There's Nikki Haley and Grifters. That's so twenty twenty eight's really not looking great for them, except mm. for her. So they really kind of need her to be here and do well, but not too well because, you know, they need Trump because she'll lose against Biden. But they still need Trump. You know, she's mm. plan B and they don't have anything else. So it's weird for them. Like they, they need her to stick around, but they don't want her to stick around and do too well because they don't need a bruising primary. They don't mm. want a bruising primary. They want us to be over and for her to quietly go away and, you know, be ready for 2028. Mm. Right, <laughs> Maybe right, be right. a vice president, you know, build a little experience. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm actually, this is another point I wanted to bring up about Chris Christie, right? Because he said something interesting in his speech. He said, I promise you this, I'll make sure that in no way do I enable Donald Trump to ever be president of the United States again. That's more important than my own personal ambition, right? He tweeted this out as well. Um, does that mean, what does that mean? Does that mean he would endorse Biden? I would like to think so. I Because I, I don't think, he has to know he does not have a future in Republican politics as long as Trump is still is, is running. It, yeah. Yeah, as long as Trump, and as long as the Republican Party follows Trump's lead, Chris Christie has no future in Republican politics. Yeah. But does right. that... Does that does that mean does that you know would he do that would he go that far to endorse a Democrat I mean God you know I would like to think so but I don't know he's still a Republican yeah right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but yeah I, 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 it depends on if his animosity is personal or if it's ideological mm. if he looks at Trump and he sees this guy's bad like his whole ideology is bad for the country or if he looks at Trump and says this motherfucker almost got me killed. Screw mm. him. Right? right. It depends on which one of those two things he's looking at. Right. You know, so if it's country before party, then yeah, he'll support Joe Biden. If it's no, he almost killed me personally. Screw him. Then no, he won't. Right. I guess we'll find out soon. Yeah, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Okay, well, look, let's um, let's move on from, from Mr. Christie. Uh, quite an interesting turn of events, I have to say. Um, so government shutdown, Justin, you're all over this stuff. Um, oh, yes, I am. You're <laughs> I have a personal stake in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, your wife works for the federal government. So MAGA Mike, our pal MAGA Mike, hmm. um, Mike Johnson, has made a deal with the Democrats to pass a spending bill by January 19th. And that will keep some parts of the government open. Um, so that he's facing enormous backlash from his party of course, or from the militants within his party. And I, you know, my suspicions that they're going to force him out soon. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing, though, isn't it? So here's the thing, right? The deal they made is more or less keeping in line with the deal that was made originally during the summer to with with um, Kevin McCarthy um, to to um, uh, raise the debt ceiling. Mm. Right. So this is the broad outline of that original deal. They're more or less keeping that and they're doing it. I mean, I mean, granted, we're eight days away from the shutdown, but the fact that they're doing it this early, this is early for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, they're probably still going to have to do a CR because I mean, I was talking to Debbie about this. It's like 
these things are huge, right? There's a lot of paperwork involved. There's a lot of writing involved. It takes time, but Mm. usually they get down to like the last 24 hours and then they get it. They agree to it. And then they have to do it all the, this is way more than a week in advance that they've come to a, a basic agreement, which is rare. For this type of thing, you know, especially if they've been butting heads over it for months and months and months. So the fact that they've agreed this far uh, again, this far in advance is only a week and a half. But this far in advance is like, wow, that's almost bipartisanship right there. Woo. Right. So you have a theory about this. I have a very serious theory about this. Now, there's a caveat there, which I will get to in a second. If they do this. If they pass these spending bills, you know, even with the CR, it takes them some time and there's some, you know, finagling here and a little bit of fighting here. If they pass these bills, right, mm-hmm. there's the first the first chunk is going to be January 19th. And that's for um, a, a several agencies. And then the rest of it is um, due on February 2nd. And that's the rest of the government. Right. Mm. If they pass all these bills and, you know, they get it done roughly in time and it's, you know, for the rest of the fiscal year, blah, blah, blah. And Republicans don't get huge, massive cuts that they've been demanding. I mean, they're already getting some cuts to the IRS, but not huge, massive cuts. If they do this, right, and they don't nuke MAGA Mike, right, if they leave him as Speaker of the House and they don't do a government shutdown, and we talked about this last Mm. year more than once. That tells me his job is not to get the best deal possible. It's not to close down the government. It's not to obstruct everything. His job is to be there for the election so he can screw with the results. So Mm -hmm. he can either, you know, deny Joe Biden's certification and try to throw it to the Supreme Court so they can overturn the results. He's there specifically to screw with the election because otherwise why get rid of Kevin McCarthy who was doing exactly the same thing. Mm. If he's, if MAGA Mike is doing exactly what Kevin McCarthy's do, did and they got rid of Kevin McCarthy, what was the point of that? Unless you get someone that you're much more certain is going to tamper with the election, which is something that Kevin McCarthy was very likely not to do right so that's your that's the theory so yeah i think it's a it's you know look you it would it would explain why the freedom caucus where were they called the nutshell the taliban 20 guy um mob is it the freedom caucus yeah that they call themselves the freedom caucus Caucus, yeah that's probably why they haven't been i mean i don't know we'll see right we'll see whether they whether whether they force him to budge on this well, I don't think they're going to be able to force him to budge, but um, someone um, – crap, hold on. This was from Jake Sherman uh, from Punchbowl News. Um, he got a quote from a very well-connected House Republican, and here's the quote. Significant concerns growing about Mike's ability to jump to this level and deliver conservative wins. Uh, remember, Mike Johnson was not part of House leadership. No, right? he's a nobody. Right, like he was he, the guy was picked out of like thin air. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was picked. One of the reasons he was picked is because he was one of the guys 
who led the charge to not certify Biden's win in 2020. Right. He didn't have any leadership experience. Like, yeah. he didn't it's just, know anything. He's just an extremist. He was just a sort of a exactly. mega apparatchik. Yeah. Um, back to the quote. As much as there was valid criticism and frustration with Kevin, Mike is struggling to grow into the job and is just getting rolled even more than McCarthy did. So they're seriously talking about nuking him if he gets, you know, if the Democrats roll him as badly as they kept rolling McCarthy because yeah because McCarthy did. got rolled yeah McCarthy got rolled hard yeah so there's there's a real chance they are going to be like ah oh, dude you're terrible at this you gotta go peace and yeah. then in the middle of an election year we're gonna spend another month having House Republicans pick a new leader which will be great that'll be hilarious to watch. It's like, yeah, thanks because for it, proving it. Thanks for proving right. why you shouldn't be in charge. Yeah, and I think that doesn't play well with voters, right? This the 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 GOP infighting and and inability to kind of get their act together on anything is essentially it doesn't play well with voters. And you know, and it's and definitely not their own voters. I mean, you've written about this a lot, right? About how the, the GOP actually, as a party, is kind of falling apart. They have no the, their infrastructure is is a joke. Yeah, Rachel Maddow had a report about that on Monday. The, the what is it? The, is I think it was the Michigan GOP. There's two of them right now. <laughs> There's literally two Michigan GOPs because they both insist they're the real one. It's like, <laughs> yes, yeah, fight, keep fighting with each other, do it for all the sins of the Democrat Democratic Party and their um, inability to. Um, you know, be to fight properly and to to um, uh, what's the word? Be cohesive. Like it's nothing compared to what's going on on the right. Absolutely nothing. Like the right is an absolute clown show, and it's oh, it, and and just to just to throw in this last little point, the press loves to do Dems in disarray. They're not doing that with the Republicans right now for some reason. Well, One so wonders weird. why. <laughs> One wonders why. Yeah, of course. It is amazing that facts on the ground don't seem to, don't seem to change the kind of the reporting slant in the media. It really nope. doesn't. Nope. If if Nancy Pelosi were to sneeze on Andrew Casio Cortez uh, Alexandra Casio Cortez today, there would be a headline: "Dems in disarray." But they would right. totally ignore what's going on in the Republican Party right now. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, let's let's move on from the so. Yeah, I mean that's good. I guess no shutdown would be good. That, uh, it would be great. nice. It would be very nice. Um, so Republicans want to reintroduce child labour. This is a good one. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> they're the worst. Again, <laughs> listen, I, I, I criticise the left a lot. I criticise Democrats. I criticise identity politics stuff a lot. Make no mistake about it. The Republican Party is a fucking fascist organization that wants to turn the country back to the 19th century. I, it, this is, I, <laughs> um, okay. So this is from, uh, so in Indiana, uh, Republicans filed a bill that would allow kids as young as 14 to drop out and work on corporate farms during school hours, during school hours. Oh my God. Kids would only need to complete eighth grade in order to work 40 hours a week as a farm laborer. That's astonishing. Yeah, absolutely that, astonishing. Yeah, so so <laughs> we've got the text of the bill here, right? 
This is the Digest of Introduced Bill. This is a synopsis. Work exceptions for minors defines exempted minor for the purposes of law concerning employment of minors, permits certain exempted minors to work at farm labour during school hours on a school day, permits certain exempt minors to work during school hours on a school day with limitations. But this is, yeah, I mean, I guess this is sort of emblematic of the Republican Party that doesn't want to raise the minimum wage uh, and now wants to have uh, child labour. This is a thing. Yeah, and they, they they they've been doing they've been doing this all over the country, right? They did this in um they've been doing this in Arkansas. Sarah Huckabee, Governor Sarah Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, um, signed a law where you know kids under sixteen can work. Um, because why not? This is just a thing that Republicans are doing now, and it's really disturbing. And the, the worst part about this is they're not doing this for freedom they're not doing this for states rights or any nonsense like that they're doing this specifically because one they hate kids right mm. they, they hate kids and uneducated kids are far more likely to grow up into poverty and vote republican right and right. that's really that's a big thing for them um but also pushing kids into the workplace means they will compete with adults for jobs and yeah, so kids, you're driving labor wages. You're driving wages down again. It's another way to drive wages down, right? This is this is from the Roosevelt Institute, uh, fueled by arguments of increasing labor supply and job opportunities for young workers. The reality is that employers want to employ children in order to exploit them, paying them lower wages and offering worse working conditions than they would have had. They would have to pay an offer to adult workers. Promoting child labor not only harms the children involved, but also leads to a race to a bo- uh, to the bottom in terms of wages and working conditions for all workers. This is not something that they think happens. This is something they know for a fact happens. They, they've studied this. They see it happen in all the different countries that have child labor. And here, when we used to do it, we know this is what happens, which is why we stopped doing it. Mm. That's why we made child labor illegal, because we saw what employers did. And we were like, yeah, no, 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 no. That's got to, we got to end this. One, children shouldn't be treated this way. They should be at school so they become productive adults. And two, we know what employers are doing. They're just scumbags who want to make more money and treat their workers worse. And now Republicans want to undo that because, well, they're Republicans. So, yeah, this is the pro-life, we love children people. Protect children yeah. so we can put them to work in factories. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, okay, well, look, let's move on to our Grift of the Week. Grift of the Week this this week is uh, Dean Phillips. Who's Dean Phillips, Justin? Uh, um, Some guy. Um, Some guy. Uh, wait, I have Oh, yes. Oh, he's, yeah, he's a Democrat. <laughs> he's Mr. 1%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. He's at one percent. He's at one percent of um running against Joe Biden in the Democratic primary. And he's complaining that he's still complaining that he can't get on the ballot in um in uh uh where where's he can't get on the ballot? Uh New Hampshire. Yeah, everywhere. No, boohoo. Yeah. Uh yeah, so this past Tuesday he had a campaign event in New Manchester, New Hampshire, yeah, and no one showed up. Like nobody, <laughs> yeah. This is why we keep up to be reminded who he is. <laughs> yeah, not one single voter showed up. There was press people there to take pictures, but nobody showed up, which means 
Phillips now takes the crown as the biggest loser of the 2024 election cycle, dethroning Mike Pence after the abysmal CVS event where it was like like a dozen or so old people and some of them weren't even paying attention. That was Ooh. the saddest picture of the entire election cycle. And now Phillips has absolutely taken the crown for that. So what is he doing? What I know he's hired, like, I know Steve Schmidt is uh, the former Lincoln um, project guy and John McCain's uh, campaign manager is part of Dean Phillips' campaign or he's an advisor or something like that. But well, he's, running, that, he's running a pack. He's running a super pack now for him. And they're a bit of a trouble because they've been coordinating messaging, which is illegal. So. Christ. Christ. <laughs> so, I mean, what is he doing? Is he, is this book sales? What is it? What's the point? Uh, honestly, uh, my personal pet theory is that he got offered a lifetime cushy um, gig at Fox News or some right wing wing think tank where he's going to be paid an obscene amount of money to complain about how corrupt Democrats are. Yeah, that's what he's go he's going to do the Tulsi Gabbard thing. Like Could once be. once he drops out, he's going to start showing up on the right wing talk shows and complaining about how corrupt Democrats are and how Joe Biden is corrupt and blah, 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 blah. And he's going to be making tons and tons of money doing it. Yeah. I, you could be, well, you could, you could be right. I have no idea why you would stay in a race that you're pulling at 1% uh, with the entire party is telling him to get out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the hashtag is drop out Dean. Drop out. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, that's Dean Phillips. We'll be discussing Dean Phillips, whoever he is, uh, some some more, <laughs> as long as he stays in the race. Uh, okay, Suntron of the Week. Um, New Hampshire. Again, New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> so, Justin, you want to take this? Uh, sure. Now, we're, we're um, 10 months out from the election. Um, it's November, right? It's, out, it's all the way out in November. And polling this far out from the election is useless for the most part, right? Um, but this particular um, uh, poll jumped out at me because the number was really specific. Um, mm. So I'm going to read it real quick. Uh, the survey jointly conducted by USA Today, the Boston Globe, and Suffolk University found that among New Hampshire voters, Biden leads with 41.5% of the vote. Trump follows behind with 34.1% of the vote of uh, support among New Hampshire voters. Um, eight percent of respondents said they would vote for uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and ten percent were undivided. Now, the reason that jumped out at me is because Trump lost to Biden in New Hampshire by seven points in 2020, and Biden's leading right now by seven points. Which I was like, that's a really specific number. That's exactly what he lost by last time. That's not where you want to be if you're Trump. 10 months out from the election. You want to be closer than that. So, I mean, again, the number, it, it, the poll this far out doesn't mean anything. And you've got Kennedy in there sucking up 8% of the of the vote. Again, it's probably 8% of Trump because, uh, you know, Kennedy's not appealing to Democrat voters. He's appealing to Republican voters. So this is, you know, if... Kennedy goes away, Trump's numbers probably go up a bit. But at the same time, this is the number was just so specific. It's like it's exactly seven points again, almost exactly seven points that he's losing by. 
in mm. New Hampshire where he can't afford to lose. So that just amused the hell out of me. And I thought it was great because the press loves talking about how, you know, Biden's losing, Biden's losing, Biden's losing. And they don't really like talking too much about the places where Biden isn't losing. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Well, we have to have a horse race at all costs, Justin. Doesn't oh, matter. Oh, God, geez, yes. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, it's our job to try to remind everybody that this is not a horse race. This is a political contest where we have fascism versus democracy. Um, but yeah, look, on that note, we are going to be moving on now to the emergency meeting podcast, where we're going to be discussing um, our good friend, uh, Syra Rao. We talked about her last week on the podcast, didn't we? We did. Uh, and that, that actually gave me inspiration to write the piece that I did uh, this past week about her rabid anti-Semitism and anti-racist activities, which is essentially naked racism towards white people uh, and Jews. Um, so I wrote a big piece about that, and we've had, there's been a huge fallout uh, from the piece. I've had to ban people on the site because of this. Um, we've had some nasty racist um, stuff on the site, which I've taken Shocking. off as well. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, a lot of it, I'm sure, was I'm not the racist. You're the racist. Well, whenever you write, it's interesting. Whenever you write a piece about, I mean, obviously, it's a hot, it's a, it's a very controversial topic, right? But there's some stuff I want to say. There's some points I want to make about when you're when you go after anti-racism, um, the the kind of diversity, equity, and inclusion anti-racism thing, right? There's a whole industry about being anti-DEI and anti-woke. Um, so I don't want read people to get confused. But anyway, I'm going to talk about this in, in the in the members section um, because it's important. And Syra Rao is uh, a real nasty piece of work, a really, really nasty piece of work. And uh, I think that I want to, we, we, you know, we can discuss this a little bit more in, in depth about why she's so toxic um, and what she's doing to debate in America. So anyway, the title for the emergency meeting, this one is the fallout from the racist, anti-racist shit show. So please come and join us in the emergency meeting where we'll be discussing the reactions to the piece I wrote, um, why you can be a an anti-racist, anti-racist. Uh, does that make sense? Anyway, we're going we're to get into that. But please come and listen. Uh, it's a short podcast. It'll be 15, 20 minutes long. You get 50% off a Bantam membership. Come and join us there. You get access to the emergency meeting each week. We talk about more controversial stuff. There'll be more swearing, uh, more, more very, a lot more controversial topics we discuss. Um, so join us there. And for the rest of you, we'll be back next week. Woohoo. See you later. <laughs>